morning, as I mentioned earlier, it's Palm Sunday, and we're going to be looking at Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. But beyond just Jesus' entry, I want to look at how people responded to Jesus' entry into Jerusalem, and also all the some of the events that took place the week leading up to Jesus' crucifixion and his resurrection. So from Jesus' entry into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, and some of the events, and just how people responded during that time. So this morning's message is entitled, Standing at a Crossroad. Standing at a Crossroad. Because all of us in life, we face different crossroads, and we have to figure out how do we handle the crossroads that we come to in our life. But as we begin, first, what is a crossroad? Right? How, what, if we're going we're gonna to talk about crossroads, what is a crossroad? How many of you guys have seen the movie Castaway, right? Tom Hanks and Castaway, right? I think most of us have probably seen Tom Hanks' movie Castaway. It's a very popular movie. Well, after everything that Tom Hanks goes through, being cast away on the island, I think right at the very end of the movie, there's this, this scene where he's standing at the crossroads, and he has to figure out what he's going to do now. He's trying to figure out, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? I'm standing at this crossroads, and now I have a decision to make. Where am I going to go now? Do I want to go to the right? Do I want to go to the left? Do I want to go to what's in front of me? Or do I want to go back to what is behind me and what I have experienced before? Right? So when you come to crossroads, right, we all have a decision that we have to make, right? We can go any of a number of directions that I just mentioned. You can go to the left, you can go to the right, you can go straight ahead, or you can turn around and say, you know what, I'm going to go back to the same direction. I'm going to go back to where I came from. Whichever direction you go, you have to make a choice, right? You can't just simply stand there. You have to make a decision. You can't just stand in the middle and say, I'm going to stand there. You have to choose to go one direction or another. And as I mentioned, each of us will come to different crossroads in our lives. They may have varying degrees of importance, right? Some crossroads are, are like, oh, this really isn't that difficult of a decision. Some of them you're like, Man, this decision has massive importance. There could be really big consequences to this decision that I'm making. But nonetheless, we all have, always have to make a decision as to what direction we're going to go when we come to a crossroads in our life. Throughout Scripture, when we look at Scripture, you'll find multiple stories of people who are found standing in a crossroad. People in Scripture, they're found that they come to a place where they're having to make a decision of whether they're going to go right or left ahead, or they're going to choose to turn around and go back to where they came from. They're at a crossroads where they're going, what am I going to do now with where I'm at? And there are a few stories specifically that relate to Easter, the Easter story. And they have to decide, what am I going to do, especially when it comes to Jesus? What am I going to do? Am I going to follow Jesus? Am I going to turn to the right? Am I going to turn to the left? Am I simply going to turn back and do what I was doing before? Will they choose to follow him or will they go a different direction? They're at a crossroads in their life. As we look at these people, I don't simply want us to just look at them. I want us to look at, hey, I don't, don't be distracted by what's going on. Fine. <laughs> It's okay, Todd. 
uh, throughout Scripture. So as we look at these people, I hope you realize that each of you are at the same place. We all have to make a decision when it comes to Jesus in our life as well. You must decide, am I going to follow Jesus, or am I going to choose to follow someone or something else? You must decide, am I going to follow Jesus, or am I going to follow something else? Am I going to follow Jesus even all the way to the cross? You have to be able to answer all that way, all the way to the cross. Or am I going to simply say, you know what, Jesus going to the cross, maybe that's not for me. I'm going to choose to go my own path. I'm at a crossroads. We have to make decisions. Today we're going to look at a story that took place a few days, or actually specifically five days before the crucifixion. We'll start in Matthew chapter 21, so if you have your Bibles, you can feel free to turn there this morning. Otherwise, it'll be on the screen behind me as well. Matthew 21, starting with verse 1, which reads, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. Verse 8. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Verse 9, the crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. So this event, right, we often refer to it as Palm Sunday. Today, that is what we are celebrating, Palm Sunday, Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. It's pretty obvious, right? Why do we call it Palm Sunday? Exactly because of what took place. Because when Jesus came in, they laid the palms down before him as he came into Jerusalem. And it took place on a Sunday. It wasn't really all that creative of a term, but that's, that's why we call it Palm Sunday. It's the Sunday before Jesus was going to be crucified, where he'd be nailed to the cross five days later on Friday, or as we often now today refer to it as Good Friday. So Jesus and his disciples were entering Jerusalem when a group of people gathered, and they began to do two different things, right? The first thing it said, they waved palm branches, and they put them on the road for him to walk in on. Why would they do this? Why would they lay down the palm branches? What is this symbolic of? What is the reason why they did this? This may seem strange to us today, because we're thinking, what, 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 why palm branches? But at the time, palm branches symbolized triumph and victory. Palm branches symbolized triumph and victory. That is why they specifically 
confused palm branches and laid them down for Jesus to come into Jerusalem on and not any other uh, symbol or anything else. Second thing that the people began to do was they shouted, Hosanna, which as I mentioned earlier, there's a few different meanings to it. Hosanna can mean help. It can mean save, I pray. It can mean save now. Or it can mean praise. Praise, save, help, I pray, save now. Ultimately, they're yelling praises to Jesus. They were worshiping him as he entered Jerusalem. That's what they're doing. It's an act of worship. So they're showing that, one, it's an act of victory and triumph that Jesus is coming in, and they're worshiping him. They're praising him as he enters into the city of David, into Bethlehem. So why would they do this? Right? Because waving palm branches and yelling Hosanna wasn't a typical greeting when someone entered Jerusalem, right? If, if just the disciples would have come into Jerusalem or any other individual would have come into Jerusalem, would they have done this? No, right? They wouldn't have been laying palm branches down for them. They wouldn't have been yelling Hosanna. This was a greeting fit for only a king. Specifically a king king who is entering the city. And you see an example of this in 2 Kings 9 verse 13 where it says this They quickly took their cloaks and spread them under him on their bare steps. Then they blew the trumpets and shouted, Jehu is king. So this gives us another example of when Jehu the king was entering Jerusalem. They did a similar thing. When it said they took their cloaks and they spread them underneath him so that he did not have to walk on the bare ground, and they begin to blow their trumpets and shout and, and bring praise and worship. So when a king would come into Jerusalem, they would have a custom that they did not want them to, one, walk on the bare ground, and they would basically announce them with praise and worship when they would come into the city. And so Jesus was being treated in that same way with triumph and victory through the palm branches and singing praise for Hosanna. The people wanted Jesus to be their king. That's what they were announcing. They were announcing, our king is arriving. Our king is here. He has shown up in Jerusalem. They had been hoping for a savior who would free them from who? From the Roman rule. The people were sick of being underneath the Roman rule, and they, were, they thought their king was here. Most of the people in the crowd assumed that Jesus was coming to declare himself as their king. But, let's take a few days and let's fast forward ourselves. At this point, Jesus has now been arrested by the religious leaders, right, the Pharisees and others, who didn't necessarily like him, who didn't agree with everything that Jesus was doing. People were turning to Jesus instead of the religious leaders. So the religious leaders began to get jealous, right? They began to, they didn't like the fact that they were turning away from them into Jesus. So they, they figured, man, we have to come up with a plan to get Jesus killed. We've got to come up with some plan to figure out how we can get people to come back to us and turn away from Jesus. So they come up with a plan to get Jesus killed. But the people wouldn't allow that, right? You think all these people are all excited because their king has finally arrived, the king that's going to deliver them from being underneath the Roman rule. There's no way the people who have all of a sudden are so excited about Jesus are going to turn on him, right? 
After all, just a few days ago, right, they worshipped him as their savior when they laid down the palm branches and they sang Hosanna and they, they worshipped him as he came into town. There's no way they're going to all of a sudden turn their back on him. Matthew 27, starting in verse 11. Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. When he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, Don't you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even to a single charge, to the greatest amazement of the governor. Now it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time, they had a well-known prisoner whose name was Jesus Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, Which one do you want me to release to you, Jesus Barabbas or Jesus who is called the Messiah? For he is known, for he knew it was out of self-interest that they had handed Jesus over to him. Verse 19. When Pilate was sitting at the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message. Don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Which of the two do you want me to release to you? asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus, who is called the Messiah, Pilate asked. They answered, Crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, Crucify him! Here the crowd stands at a crossroad. They had a decision they needed to make. They had to decide whether they believed in Jesus at this point or not. Right? Which path were they going to choose? A few days ago, they had, they had worshipped this man as their king coming into town. They had laid down palm branches and they had, they had singing praise to him believing that he was going to come in and deliver them from Roman rule. And then all of a sudden, they had allowed the Pharisees and the other religious leaders to convince them that Jesus was no longer the king that was going to deliver them anymore. But they had a decision to make. Who are we going to believe, the religious leaders, or are we going to believe that Jesus is who Jesus says he is? Do we want to, do we want to free Jesus, or do we want to free Barabbas, who's a murderer? They had a decision to make. They were standing at a crossroads. Who were they going to, what were they going to do? Who were they going to allow to persuade them? What, what were they going to do? Were they going to allow the peer pressure to get the best of them? They had a decision to make. What path were they going to choose as they stood at the crossroads? The people who worshipped Jesus just a few days before were now demanding that he be killed. That's the decision that they made. What happened? How did they get there? How did they get there from a few days ago believing that Jesus was the one that was going to deliver them to all of a sudden believing that he wasn't and now they wanted him to be killed? How did they get there? What happened? Jesus wasn't who they wanted him to be. Jesus didn't turn out to be the king that they hoped he was going to be. He didn't look the way that they wanted him to look. He didn't 
act the way that they wanted him to act. They wanted a Messiah who was going to free them from the Roman government. They wanted a military savior, right? Not an eternal savior. They wanted to, they wanted to tell God what he should do and what he should look like instead of just understanding what God truly was like. They weren't really following God, but instead they had invented a God who looked like them and a God who was going to fit their ideals and a God who was going to fit into a box of their desires, a God who was going to deliver and do what they desired and not a God who they could follow. So they chose to kill Jesus instead of follow Jesus. They were at a crossroads. But before we judge them, before we sit there and we go, oh, foolish, foolish people. Before we judge them, I want to say this morning that I believe that they aren't a whole lot different than many of us are today. Because here's the reality. Many of us sit here on Sunday mornings and we worship God at church. But the life we live often is yelling, crucify him outside of Sunday mornings. How, you may be asking? Well, when you worship Jesus at church, but it doesn't impact the way you live the rest of your life, you're yelling, crucify him. If it doesn't change the way that you live your life outside of a Sunday morning, are you really choosing to follow Jesus all the way to the cross? Or are you just choosing Jesus when it's convenient in a short moment in time. When you deny him your words and your actions, you're yelling, crucify him. When you go throughout your day and you don't really even think about him. When you don't do what he asks or his word commands you to do. When you're disobedient to what he's asking you to do. When you don't spend time with him, spending time in his word, spending time in devotion, spending time in prayer with him. Those are all ways of saying, crucify him. It's all ways of saying that you don't need to be with him. When you don't follow him and his leading in your life. Why? Because those are all ways of sitting at a crossroad and saying, I'm going to choose to go my own path instead of following the direction and the leading that God is asking me to go and following the leading and the direction that he's asking me to go in the crossroads. Often for us, Jesus is not who we want him to be at times either. We want to follow a Jesus who says, yeah, you can go ahead and do whatever you want to do. Right? That's not the way that it works. We want to follow Jesus who understands when we put other things above him. No, that's not how it works. Jesus is number one. Jesus is the top priority all the time. We want to follow Jesus who isn't demanding and who doesn't care if we sin. Yes, he does. Jesus does care if we sin. Yes, he is graceful. Yes, he is merciful. Yes, he is forgiving of our sins. But he does care when we sin. It does not please God's heart when he sees us live in sin. It does not make him happy to see us walk in sin. 
We have created an image of Jesus in our minds that isn't always the greatest biblical view of Jesus. And when God doesn't line up with what we want him to be, we yell, crucify him. Kill him so that we can live life the way we want to live our life. Right? So we look at them and we say, man, they were foolish for saying they want Barabbas instead of Jesus. But yet if we're honest and we look at our lives, how many times have we said, you know what? Sometimes I want what I want more than I want what Jesus wants. And in the same way, we're saying, crucify him. Crucify him because I want what I want. That's what we're saying in those moments. And I stand up here saying, I've been there. I've done that. I'm not perfect in this as much as you're not perfect. Like the crowds in the story, we all stand at a crossroad, right? Do we really believe in Jesus or not? Is he worth following? Is he worth giving up everything to follow him all the way to the cross and beyond? Is he worth it? Where was Jesus going? He was going to the cross, right? He was going to the cross, but ultimately, you know, he didn't stay there, right? He went to the cross, into the grave, and then he overcame death and sin forever to go to be ascended to the right hand of the Father. Is he worth it? Absolutely, 100%, every single day. Matthew 16, 24, Then Jesus said to the disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. We are invited to come and die. Come sacrifice your life for Jesus. Come and give your all for Jesus. Right? We're, we're invited to come and give everything for Him. To give everything. Not a little bit. Not some. Not most. Everything for Jesus. So when we stand at the crossroads, it isn't saying, am I going to make mostly go this direction? Is saying, am I going to commit to driving down this road in my life? Or am I going to choose to go up my own path in my own way? Jesus wants us to give him our all. But, I mean, that can't be, that, that can't actually be what it means, right? That we don't actually lose everything? Well, we lose everything to gain everything. Right? It says that that man who loses his life gains his life. He understands that I have a life. I have my life to live. He understands that I'm busy. He understands that he will forgive me if I continue to sin. Right? No. No. It's not that we're to live in a life of habitual sin. Again, he is not pleased with the life of habitual sin. He will forgive, and his grace and his mercy is, will cover that. But it is not for us to sit here and say, oh, so be it if I continue to struggle in this area over and over again. We are to surrender that. We are to give that to him. Because if we continue to say, I'm going to live in that, we are choosing to walk down that road instead of choosing to follow Jesus wholeheartedly. 
That is what we're choosing to do if we choose to just settle and live in that sin in our lives. We're choosing that road instead of wholeheartedly following Jesus. I want to invite Jesse and Rachel, if you'll come back up at this time. Too often, we become comfortable in our Christianity. We, we, we become comfortable in, in our walk with the Lord where we just kind of, we, we worship God at, at church on Sunday mornings or even Sunday nights and through our, our, our community groups. But outside of those gathering times, our lives are, are denying Jesus. Our actions and the way that we, we, we live our lives are not ones that are really glorifying God, are not ones that are pointing people towards Jesus. And this morning I want to encourage you, maybe it's time for us to take an honest look at our lives and say, you know what, I need to repent. I need to be honest and I say, you know what, I need to begin truly following God wholeheartedly every day, all day. It's time to choose the path that leads to the cross through Jesus. This morning, I want to encourage you, if you're ready to make that decision, and maybe you've never made the decision to follow Jesus before, that's where it all starts. This all starts with a relationship with Jesus, and maybe you've never done that before. Maybe you've never asked Jesus in your heart. I want to encourage you this morning that as we come into the Easter season, I believe there's no greater time than today that you can make that decision. And so what I want to do is with every head bowed and every eye closed, with no one looking around this morning, if you want to make that decision to surrender your heart to whoever you're saying, you know what, I'm ready. I'm standing at this crossroads where I understand there's a decision in front of me where at this point now I can, I, I, I can make a decision. I have the, the knowledge and the understanding and the opportunity to make a decision for Christ. And today I'm ready to, to commit my heart to the Lord with no one looking around. Simply, if that's you this morning, I just want you to put your hand up in the air and put it right back down. I'm not going to ask you to do anything else. But if that's you this morning, I simply just want you to do that quickly. Awesome. 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 Well, this morning, if you've responded or if you've ever made that decision before, I just want to ask you to repeat after me in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to this earth to live the perfect sinless life to be an example for me to follow each and every day of my life. I commit my life to you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to encourage you this morning that God would help you to make wise choices when you come to the different crossroads that you encounter in your life. Because even, even after we make a decision to follow Jesus, we will continue to encounter different crossroads in our lives. Because here's the thing is, is for many of us, Maybe there's things we've struggled with in our life before Jesus, 
And sometimes those things may come back. Satan may try to bring those things back up and he may try to tempt us with things. And then we're sitting there at that crossroad and that addiction or whatever it may be is sitting there standing, staring at us. We're at that crossroad and we have to make a decision to say, am I going to, to choose to, to walk away from this or am I going to choose to follow Jesus? Right? And so sometimes when we face these different crossroads, these different challenges in our life, we have to still say, you know what? I need to stand firm in my faith. I need to stand firm and I need to trust in Jesus and continue to believe in who he is. And the way that we continue to stay strong, the way we continue to, to bolster our faith and to, and to be strong is to remain in God's word. It's to remain connected to him through prayer and through, through our time with him. It's to stay united with believers and in community with one another. To stay connected to the vine, right? To stay connected to the vine, to God. Through his word, through relationship with him, through community with other believers. Right? Because that's one of the, the hardest things to do is, that's one of the things about a crossroad, is it's not only to the right or the left. Sometimes the most dangerous thing about a crossroad is, is you can turn back to the right you once had before. And that's a dangerous thing to think about. And sometimes it's, it, it's, it's the past. So this morning I want to encourage you to say, you know what, I'm going to continue to trust and know and believe that God is going to help me to continue to move forward as I trust and believe in Him, as I, I place my faith in Him. As I come to a crossroad, I'm going to choose to move forward with Him. Not to the right, not to the left, not going to go back. I'm going to move forward with Christ and I'm going to follow Him all the way until He chooses to bring me home to eternity. As the worship team leads us through a song in one moment, we're going to have the time of prayer myself and a few of our leaders will be up here at the front. Maybe there's something this morning. Maybe you're standing at a crossroads right now and you would like prayer this morning. Myself or one of the leaders would be here and we'd love to pray with you. Or maybe you'd like to just find a spot by yourself and pray. That's always available as well. Or maybe there's something else you'd like prayer for this morning that's unrelated, that is always uh, available as well. And so we just want to encourage you during this time to come forward and receive prayer if you'd like it as well. But just want to, this just be a time of honest reflection, saying, you know what? Is my life fully devoted to Christ all the time? Or is it simply when it's convenient? Is it simply on Sundays and Wednesdays, or is it simply when I'm with a certain group of people, or is my life consistent? Is my life, am I choosing Christ all the day, every day? Because if it's not, I want to encourage you, maybe time to repent and just be honest and say, you know what? There's decisions I'm making and I need to, I need to get straight with the Lord. And now may be the perfect time to do that. So as I lead us, I want to encourage you. Have a time of reflection and a time of prayer.